the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You have a living God that loves you. You have a living God in whom you can place all of your life into his hands. On Resurrection Sunday, we're reminded that Jesus is alive and Jesus the Christ, our living God, he gets us. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. We have been talking about the last words of Jesus on the cross. We're going to continue that conversation in just a moment. If you have your copy of God's Word, you can look in Luke chapter 23. We're going to begin reading in about verse 44. You can find that in whatever method you have of turning into God's Word. I want to just begin with a reality check. One day, one day, we're all going to have our final sunset. I know what you're thinking. Well, gee whiz, Pastor Paul, that's a happy Easter to you. I mean, can you cheer us up anymore? The reality is it was um, a little more than two years ago, almost three years ago, that my dad and I posed for this picture, and it was the last sunset picture I have with my dad, uh, my hero. What a great picture, right? There we are, Indian Rocks Beach, the best sunsets in the world. Had no idea that would be the last time we would have the opportunity to enjoy that moment. But boy, did we enjoy that moment. We were breathing it in. You can tell on our faces. We were making the most of the moment. In just a couple of weeks, it'll be two years since my dad entered into eternity. Now, I want you to know, I didn't lose my dad. When you, when you lose something, you don't know where it is. I know exactly where my dad is because uh, that was our last sunset picture. But we believe not just in sunsets. We believe that because the sun, Jesus, has risen, that uh, the sun will rise on another day. And that death is not the end of the road. Death is just the bend in the road for those who are followers of Jesus Christ. But here's what I know. It's hard. It's been hard for me. It's been hard for our family, for my sweet mom. Man, it's like you know the truth, but sometimes waves of grief just come out of nowhere. And some of you are dealing with stuff like that today. Grief in your life or pain in your life or anxiety in your life or relational turmoil in your life. And it's in moments like these that we understand the reason for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus because we have a God who understands everything we face. He's never caught off guard by the circumstances of our life. He gets us. 
He knows what we're going through. I was with my dad when he, uh, when he breathed his last breath. Um, my brother and his wife and Kimberly and I were standing around him holding his hand and just singing hymns like this one. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Isn't that great? Just the confidence of knowing that because God is with you, nothing in this life has to feel totally out of your control. Yeah, I was with him, and, and I realized that he didn't just teach me how to live. He, he taught me how to die. He taught me a lot in, in how he taught me to live. He's a hard worker. He, he taught me to work hard. He, he taught me to study the scriptures. He, he was my pastor. He, he taught me to preach. So you don't like it, just blame him. And he taught me how to love family and how to love his wife. There's a lot he taught me. He taught me how to die because that process is about nine months for him that we just walk through uncertain days. And, and just seeing him through that, he wasn't afraid of death. And the reason is, is because he knew that which we're going to talk about today. He, he knew the truth of the message of Easter. That though there are sunsets in life, that since the Son of God has risen, we always have hope. We've been looking at the last words of Jesus on the cross. And, and we've learned that as you listen to these last words, you can understand that God gets you. Even in his death, God was saying, I get you. For example, that, that first word, man, I can relate to this. Has anybody blown it this week? Anybody messed up this week? You said something you shouldn't have said. You, you did something you shouldn't have done. You went somewhere you shouldn't have went. The Bible calls that sin. Sin is anything we do that God says, don't do that. And it's also anything we don't do that God says, hey, you should do this. And we all sin according to Scripture, and that sin separates us from God. And, man, so when we sin... We've blown it. And there are times I, I feel like just a mess. And so I can relate to these words that Jesus said first from the cross. It was a word of pardon. He looked out at the crowd and those around him and he said, Father, forgive them. They're clueless. They don't know what they're doing. That word of forgiveness, he, he gets me. He, he gets you. Is a word of forgiveness, but God also knows that sometimes I struggle with doubt. You ever struggle with doubt? I've mentioned before, I hope this doesn't make you think bad about me, but there literally are times I think, okay, God, am I really saved? Because I, I keep blowing it, I keep messing up, and, and I doubt things, I, I doubt this world. And, and in the second word, Jesus gave a word of assurance, a word of comfort, because he turned to this criminal and he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise, and that just tells me he gets me. He gets you. And, and then there are those times, I just need to tell you, there are those times where I don't feel very loved. I learned this song um, when I was a child. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll go to the garden and eat some worms. Great big shiny worms. Eatsy beatsy tiny worms. Whoo, they tickle when they squirm. Uh, maybe you felt like nobody loves you. Um, and sometimes it's not funny, is it? And so in his next word, Jesus gives a word of compassion when he looks down at his mom and he says, oh, sweet mama, Mary, 
my boy over here, John, he's going to take care of you. And then he looks at John, the only friend who was there at the cross, and he says, John, take care of your mama. And it just reminds me that God knows when we have those moments when we feel unloved and we need the arms of God to surround us and, oh, he gets us. Aren't you grateful for that? But then that fourth word was a word of agony. It's the third, second time that Jesus prayed and he cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's like the lights were turned off and they literally were all around the world. The world went dark. The sun stopped shining. And Jesus felt forsaken as he took on the sins of the world. And we've learned that in that moment, he actually endured all the dimensions of hell so that you and I would never have to endure or experience hell. But we do know what it's like to feel like the lights have been cut off. You get that call from the doctor you did not want. You get that recognition that the loved one that you did not think you could live without is gone, whether by death or by destruction in your marriage. You face financial, you just fill in the blank. We know what it's like to feel like the lights have cut off. And our God gets us. He gets us in our pain. He understands suffering. Our, our suffering world, we needed a suffering Savior. So Jesus cries out on the cross, I thirst. In that agony of death, he lets us know that he doesn't even have that simple need met of the quenching of his thirst. And you've got needs. Some of you live with pain physically, emotionally, which I believe is probably the worst pain we can imagine. And yet he gets us. And through all of this, when we feel defeated, our God reminds us he's victorious. And he does that with those next words because he says, it is finished. Say that with me. Say, it is finished. It is finished. And it was that word to die, which literally meant it's been paid for. Your bill's been covered. I got you. I mean, so Jesus was saying, even when you're defeated, I'm not. And I've got you because I get you. Now, as I read through these words, that would be a great place to stop. That sixth word. It's finished. It's done. Matter of fact, some of you are like, we would prefer if right now you would already say, it's finished, and we could go. But that would be too early, and that would have been too early for Jesus. That was a six word. There's seven words, and seven is that number of completion in the scriptures, right? In fact, here's a test for you. Pop test. How many days did it take for God to create the earth? You are better than the other services. They all said seven. But you're right. It's six. In six days, he did everything that needed to be done. And then you know what he said? It is finished. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And in the seventh word, Jesus is showing us that if we really want to know how to die, if we really want to know how to live, you had better learn how to rest in Him. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. 
may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. You know how to rest in Jesus? Have you given him that total control of your life? Have, have you let him take care of everything for you? Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like life is spinning out of control? Things are now out of your hands. There's nothing else you can do. The last moments of Jesus' life are recorded in every one of the Gospels. In Matthew 27, it says this, and, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Remember that loud voice. In Mark 15 and verse 37, it says this, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And then in John, in chapter 19 and verse 30, it says, when he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head. And he gave up his spirit. They all tell us about the moment, but only Dr. Luke, only the gospel of Luke tells us the words of Jesus. And that's what we're going to read. And let me read this to you from Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse 44. It was now about the sixth hour and darkness had come over the whole land until the ninth hour. So it was about nine in the morning that they put Jesus on the cross Those first three sayings took place in those first three hours. At noon, the world went dark when God said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then for about three hours, there was silence. As Jesus utters these last three words, the sun had stopped shining. The curtain of the temple was torn into two. And Jesus called out with a loud voice. Now, there it is again. This should sound unusual to you. I've been around a lot of people in their last moments. They don't usually have a loud voice. Usually it's a quiet voice. In their last breath. Why Jesus with a loud voice? Don't miss this. Jesus wants you to remember he was always in control few years ago, the movie came out, The Passion of the Christ, and when that happened, there began to be controversy around the world because are some people blaming another group of people for killing Jesus? I mean, that would be a bad thing. Are the Romans being blamed? Are the Jews being blamed? Are the Christians being blamed? Who killed Jesus? The reality is, Scripture makes it abundantly clear, Jesus gave up his life for you. That's the heart of the gospel. That God loves you so much that he did what he didn't have to do. He gave his life for you. And so with a loud, triumphant, victorious voice, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with 
this. He breathed his last. The centurion, the guard standing around seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. I love the way Matthew records this because Matthew says that he looked and he said, surely this is the son of God. I just need you to know, not just on Easter, but on 365 days out of the year, people are watching you, and the way you live and ultimately the way you die is going to demonstrate what you truly believe in and where your faith is. And all the people who had gathered to witness the sight, they saw what took place. They beat their breast and went away. Some of them were proud. And, you know, I've been around church all my life, and I've been to a lot of Easter's, and sometimes we leave that way. We just feel good about ourselves. We're kind of beating our chest. Yeah, I'm all right. But all them that knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching these things. And isn't that kind of where you are today, right? Distant from the cross, just saying, God, what, what are you up to? What, what are you saying? What is, what is it you, you want me to learn? Recognizing that in teaching us how to die, Jesus was actually also showing us how to live. So this is very practical. Can I, can I just give you a few things that will help you even this week, even today, from what Jesus just said? Number one, Jesus died with prayer on his lips. This was a prayer. How do I know that? Because he addressed his father in heaven, and that's the way Jesus prayed. He, he started his first word with a prayer, Father, forgive them. His, his, his next prayer, um, he felt abandoned by God, so he didn't say, Father. He was bearing the weight of all of our sin, and he said, my God. But then this last word, this last word, he's, he's crying out to the Father. He knows the Father and he's praying, and, and Jesus understood the power of prayer. You understand the power of prayer? Do you know what it's like to talk to God and then to listen to him and let him answer you? Man, prayer is an amazing thing. Sometimes when you can't do anything else, you can pray. Pastor, a friend of mine, just yesterday, after a two-year battle with cancer, he lost his wife. And you're thinking, what, what, are you, what do you say in moments like that? Day before Easter, sometimes there's no words. It's just prayer. Well, Jesus prayed a lot. He, he made prayer a part of his life. In fact, the disciples, when the disciples wanted Jesus to teach them something. They didn't say, teach us to do that miracle, that water to wine thing. That would be a great party trick, Jesus. If we, if we just had that, teach us that. They didn't do that. They didn't say, teach us to preach. I mean, when you preach, thousands of people show up. They didn't do that. They did say, teach us to pray. And so not only do we know that just before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed. We know that throughout his ministry, he taught his disciples to pray. And so I was thinking, how do we drive this home? How do I make sure you understand this? It's because I, I think what we need to do is just model prayer right now. And so I want to pray with you. And when we get to the end of my time praying, I want you to join me in prayer. And we're going to pray what we call the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. Now, I know it's Easter and some of you think, great. 
I came to church on Easter, and now they're going to ask me to pray a prayer I don't know. Good news! It's going to be on the screen. So you can just say it out loud with me as you're reading the screen. You say, but my eyes are going to be closed. Nope, we're not going to do it that way. You don't have to close your eyes um, while you pray. I pray all the time when I'm driving. It would be very dangerous if I closed my eyes. So I want to pray with you, and I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I want you to do. As I pray, I'm looking out at you, and maybe you're looking at some people around you, and maybe you're with a family member, and you just want to glance over at them as you pray, and you think about these words to God. Um, And then when we get to the end, I'm going to invite you just to pray that model prayer with me. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus and like Jesus, again, we just come to you in prayer, recognizing that you know all things. So this very moment on Easter Sundays, not caught you off guard. Thank you that even in church, we can pray with our eyes open. God, I thank you that your eyes are open and you know everything going on in the lives of every person here. God, these are precious lives. Your word says I can call a lot of these folks my sheep because I get to be a shepherd over them. And, Lord, I just look at them, and I've grown to love them. And I just think about uh, what some of them are walking through and and the pains, the uncertainties in their life. Lord, I know some of the change that's coming up in some of their lives, and I just lift that to you. I, I know some of the challenges that they're facing, some of the heartache and some of the heartbreak that they've been through. For some are just living in physical pain. God, I can't imagine just every day, and I know that you're faithful. God, others are living in emotional pain, which I have to say I think may be worse because they feel like their mind is out of control and their emotions are out of control. But you're in control, God. And even those that I know that have walked through grief, even in recent days, you're with them too. So I thank you for that. God, I just pray that as we get to the end of this time together, like maybe never before, they understand that our lives can be in your hand. So, oh, Father, teach us more and more how to pray. Jesus, just as you taught the disciples when you prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would you give God praise who wants us to talk to him? Now, why did Jesus pray? He prayed because he knew that the Father cared. He knew the Father would listen. He knew the Father loved him. You know that about the Father? Our little girl, she hates math. Anybody else hate math? She got it honestly because her dad hates math. I go back, just bear with me. I can think back to ninth grade when I was in Algebra 2. And Miss Cook looked at one, she held up one of my test grades in front of the class. And she looked at me and went, huh, Purvis, you're not as smart as your brother, are you? <laughs> I've hated math ever since that moment. It was like little Brad. Brad was trying to learn math from his uh, teacher. His teacher said, Brad, you got $2. 
You ask your dad for $10. How many dollars do you have? Brad said, I got $2. She looked at him and said, Brad, you don't know math. He looked at her and said, you don't know my father. We pray because we know the father. We know he listens. We know he cares. We know he loves us. Hope you have a pattern of prayer life. But Jesus died not only with prayer on his lips, he died with God's word in his heart. Do you have God's word in your heart? A lot of people tell me, Pastor, I just wish God would speak to me. He does. You know how he speaks to you? He's given you the Bible. He's given you his perfect word. And there's a verse in here that says this contains everything you need for life. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.